Storm Bowling Products. The Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Michael Martell. Michael bowled collegiately at Robert Morris in Illinois. He also is a coach now with the women's team at Robert Morris. So, Michael, it's Tim Berg here and Steve Klemkin. Thanks for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you guys for uh, thinking of me for your podcast. Michael, in my intro there, I did not mention, though, one of the biggest things that just recently happened to you as you bowled in Vegas at Team USA Trials, and you made Team USA. So talk about that experience for you, and congratulations, by the way, for making it. But talk about that experience for you and what uh, what went right for you bowling in Las Vegas. Uh, it's a really long, grueling week. Uh, they normally don't make the patterns too difficult, but this year they used, for the first time, they used two flatter patterns. Uh, and then they used two patterns that were pretty open, and then they used something moderate in between. Uh, so a lot of the bowlers this year got really flustered with the uh, amount of difficulty that they saw because in most cases, team trials is a pretty high-scoring event. Uh, so it was really tricky, uh, but if you, you know, bowl, bowling smart was the way to go rather than bowling aggressive. And, you know, when you stick to your guns, you stick to your game plan, it's a pretty simple process. Uh yeah, it was it was a great week. I had a I had a lot of success this year for the first time in quite a few years out there, and a lot of it was just bowling smart rather than trying to be aggressive. You know, it's two different mindsets, and one is be very passive and wait for the score to come to you, and then one is uh, be a little more aggressive and try and find the score. But this week there was a a really easy balance where you just stay kind of in between those mindsets, and I just let the score come to me. Uh, being named to the team was was great. Uh, this was my second team appearance. My first one was on the junior team back in, but this was the first one that I really went. Great feeling to be out there. Great feeling to hear my name called. It was a big rush of emotions that still haven't really hit me yet because it's only been a couple of days. So yeah, it's a it's a really really great honor, and I'm really looking forward to what this year brings with the team. Well, I'm curious a little bit more if you can expand on that. You talked about being, you know, passive versus being aggressive. Is that something that yeah. you strove to be a little bit more, um, you said maybe just a little bit more relaxed and, and uh, maybe, like you said, let the scores come to you in the past and you weren't able to do so? Or what was the difference for you this year? Why, was that a new strategy or were you just able to kind of put it all together? And if so, how'd that happen? So normally when I go out there, I know which days going in, I'm going to really, really have success. And I know which days I know I'm going to struggle or be a little bit behind with the paces. But this year I really tried to stick to what I'm comfortable with. And that was what in the past I really hadn't done. Um, when I look, when normally when I go on the longer patterns, right. Being like the lefties like to throw urethane or really smooth shapes all the time. And on the longer mm. patterns, it kind of gets really tough doing that. We need balls that, create a little more of a dynamic shape and stuff. So in past years, I walked in with a scared mindset going on the stuff that I knew I wasn't going to crush compared to the righties or some other bowlers in the field. And so this year I walked in with the mindset that I'm going to stick to, to what I know. And I found a way on one of the longer patterns to make urethane work. Uh, on the other pattern, I threw 
a lot of the smoother pieces, but for, for the most part, I knew going in, I wanted to lean more on the, and, and, you know, do my, and bowl my game. And instead of trying to conform to what the, either the, the lane man or the, the pattern is telling me to do. So whether that means play with surface, play with angles or ball rolls, et cetera, I wanted to stay with, with the balls and the shapes that I knew I could strike with. So I think that's what really allowed me to find a lot of success this week was because I was confident in every choice that I made. There was, there were never, there was never a question about a choice I made. And so I think that made it a much easier week for me, just knowing that uh, my game, I could do what I needed to do in order to be successful. So, so circling back to college, you're the assistant coach with Robert Morris University. You helped there with the women's. How are you, uh, the women's team? How are you going to take your experience this week and even your past Team USA experiences and help the ladies when they're out competing on the lanes? Uh, that's a great question because every girl that I worked with on our team has a, a different mindset or a different approach to the game. So I think a lot of it is not experience um but taking the experiences that they've been through and finding you know dynamic moments where they found success and figuring out what what made them have success and using that as you know their motivating factor or their key to keep them going in a positive direction um i love coaching them and it's it's a little different than coaching guys or bowling with a guy's team because the Transitions happen slower, and where where as the girls have lower rev rates, so they're using weaker, uh, all the stronger pin placements, and we don't rather come into play very much. So it's a little different than me bowling or you know me watching a guy's team bowl. Uh, however, I would like to say I have a pretty good amount of knowledge about the games, so coaching them has been really fun and it's been really easy for me. And you know, it's, for me, it's just about finding the experiences that have, that have been good for them and helping them build off of that rather than using my experience. Well, and you did talk a little bit there. You just mentioned, you know, coaching the, uh, the differences between coaching the, the men's and the women's teams. Um, and I think some of it probably, I'm assuming it, it ties in a little bit with personality too, even just uh, tendencies in that. And we had uh, one of the coaches uh, that we had in the past, one of the real renowned coaches around the world, uh, Ruben Girgosin, and he had mentioned uh, in a past uh, podcast that uh, a lot of times when he's, coaching the women, um, that they just need a little bit more attention. Sometimes you can kind of let the guys just kind of go and do their thing. So do you focus on uh, a lot of heavy interaction and attention and communication with them? I think communication with the girls is definitely huge. Uh, well, I have another coach that coaches with me. His name is Nick Cross, and he does a job at communicating with the woman in between shots and just making them feel comfortable at all and for me, I'm more of like the upfront coach where I see ball reaction and all those kind of things. I see that stuff really, really, really clear. Nick is more of the, the mental side of coach that we have. And we, for, we, we work really well together. So it's, it's a balance of both of us. But I think the communication is key. Is when, you're, when the girls are comfortable with what they're doing and the moves they're making, uh, it's just, it, the game gets simple for them. And it's just, just like coaching anybody. If, if if the roadmap to the pocket and to striking is clear, then it, it makes it much easier to, to perform and do your job, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it definitely does make sense. And, and uh, you know, uh, one of the great coaches, Pat Henry, told, told me a long time ago, he said, you know, it's actually it's a lot easier to shoot 850 than it is to shoot 450, you know. And when you have that, 
you know, there's so much either, you know, a lot of uh, brain activity and a lot of uh, discussions within your mind for your, for yourself, you know, that it's, uh, the, the game can get tough. So what, what do you do to uh, your, your players there when they do get a little bit lost and that anxiety sets in and they're, they're thinking, you know, a thousand thoughts a, a minute trying to figure them out? What do, you, what do you do to calm them down and get them refocused? Uh, the first thing I do is ask them what they're seeing and what they're feeling because as long as they're able to air out whatever is going on inside of them, they're able to take a deep breath, regroup, and, and get back on the right track. Once they're able to, you know, take that step back and see it more from the third person rather than from the first person, uh, they're able to make a clearer decision as, what they, as to what they want to do. A lot of our bowlers, I trust whatever their knowledge is almost more than mine because they know what their tendencies are better than the coaches, um, and, and they know what decisions they like to lean towards. I'm never going to push a bowler into a part of the lane or into a ball that they're not comfortable with. So with that being said, I like to hear what the players have to say first before – I give them my, my thoughts and my feedback. Um, if we're on the same page, great. It makes everything that much easier. Um, but then if I happen to either A, disagree, or B, you know, I have like a, maybe a different approach, you know, there's multiple ways to skin the cat. So if there's a, if there's a different approach that I can give them, I, I, of course, I give it to them. But I also, I don't want them to go in with more tension than what they're already seeing, which is why I like to, I like to let them, what, even if it's, you know, a minute or two of just a vent, know the frustration they're seeing or their balls and I want to hear it first before I you know whatever my feedback would be so I think mm. a lot of coaches don't have the patience for that that's where with us having a calm uh younger coaches it's really easy for us to sit back and let the bowlers express what they're seeing and and how they feel before we're able to, to give them a move. And looking at your roster, I noticed you have a lot of athletes from southern Wisconsin, northern Illinois. Does it help having a team where they probably competed against each other and all the high school scratch and handicap events going on up in, in that part of the country? So they all kind of were probably a little bit familiar with each other's game, and that probably then would make your learning curve with them forming and gelling as a team a little bit a little bit less of a transition since they have worked with each other, at least seen each other's games before. Uh, that's huge, actually. Going back to last year, I, didn't, I wasn't a, still an athlete, but our girls national championship, and most of that team from Wisconsin, where they bowled against each other in high school competition. But that being said, going into the college setting, they, so they don't have to learn their team, you know, learn what their team is good at and, and all those kind of things. They already and so it made it really easy for them to, to work towards one goal. And this year we ended up losing a few this year, but still a, a, a big part of our team from the Wisconsin are, like you said, the and they all really know each other really well. This year we've been traveling seven. We haven't really been traveling eight to anything um, except the first couple tournaments. And that's strictly because the seven that we have, they know each other inside and out. You know, they, they know their moves together and they all really get along and it makes it much easier for them to, to work towards one goal rather than go in and worry about their individual games. So, yeah, with them all growing up together, bowling together in high school, it's the job that much easier for all of us. So, And you're hot off a win, the Keystone Quaker Classic as well, too. Why don't you uh, walk us through that tournament? Uh, that was a big one for us. I really feel that that, uh, set the tone going into the second half of the year. 
And the reason I say that is because we had solid performance. There was no one individual player that stood out in that tournament. And that's, uh, that's why that comeback, because we had the lead big on the first day. We ended up losing the lead late in, uh, on, during our individual qualifying games. Then when we got to Baker, every, all, all of our seven bowlers really stepped up. And we had, our, we had a, a junior on the team. Her name is Danielle, tournament team of the year. We had another bowler finish two other bowlers in the top 12 for the individual portion. And then we had a lot of girls that basically looked like they struck at will in Baker's where we made up our hundred pin deficit and added two and change to our lead. Uh, so that was huge for them. I feel like that's something huge for them to build off of. Uh, they're all really looking forward to this weekend. I actually just came from practice where they really hard the last couple of days to fix some stuff. And then we bowled some, some bakers and they're just back out there after that one. And I think that's, that's, that, that's all it says in itself already. And now it's the second half of the stretch of tournaments that we could ask for and ready to compete. They're ready to win. So that, that tournament just, it was really paramount for us to win that one. And we went out and we did it, which was really cool. All right. My final question, Michael, is going to be regarding recruiting. When you're out there looking for ladies to bring to Robert Morris, what are you looking for in them as a bowler? Uh, for me, I look for more of their demeanor and their attitude rather than their physical game. I, I always feel that I can, I can teach someone the fundamentals and what to look for on a lane, but it's really, really hard to teach the heart and the attitude that comes with winning and being successful. And so with that being said, I look more for how a bowler will carry themselves rather than the physical tools. Obviously, if we can get both in one player, that's phenomenal. That's that's a, an A-plus right there. But if if that's not possible, I will most likely look for, you know, the way they approach their game, the way they carry themselves coming off the, off the lane after each shot, you know, how they interact with their cross on their pair if they're bowling a tournament. Um, those are more important to me than teaching them. I know as a coach that I can study physically better, but I it's very hard to – if a bowler is brought up with a certain attitude, it's very hard to break that attitude. And so that's the most important looking for their demeanor and their, and their character as a, as a player and as a person. And then final question I've got, you know, when we're talking about, uh, you know, attitude or character or that kind of stuff, um, is that something that you feel you can um, either modify or work with? You know, we've heard a, a lot of players that talk about, you know, they went in their freshman year of college bowling with a certain attitude and demeanor. Uh, four years later, they emerge, um, you know, where they feel like they're a completely different person. Is that something that you've seen as well, or do you see pretty much kind of what you get is what you get? No, that, that's definitely something that can change. Um, and that's why it's a twofold equation. If you see someone that throws it well, you, you obviously are going to look at that player as well. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely something that, that is fixable. There's, there's part, there's really no part of the game that's, that's not fixable. Every, if you really want to work towards it and you really want to reach your potential, then the, the physical aspect is fixed aspect is, is fixable. And uh, yeah, as a team, we do have a really good culture where the girls know not to hang their heads and the girls know that supporting each player's shot is more important than their own shot. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely think that that is something that, is treatable and so 
like I said, my the other assistant coach, Nick, he does a really good job with the mental aspect of the game. And it's funny that he does that because as a bowler, for the most part, I watched him grow through his four years. We were teammates and he struggled with, uh, you know, the, having the right mindset on the lanes. And as he grew through those four years, he really went through a big transition. And now he's using that as, as a plus side on the coaching. And he does a really good job with helping the players grow uh, as their, their person themselves, rather than just an athlete. So, uh, so yeah, it's definitely something that's fixable. And we, we do our best with what we have here at our program to, to make sure the players are growing not only as players and then, you know, their physical as people as well with the way they carry themselves, the way they treat their teammates and their opponents. And All right. Well, Michael Martell, assistant bowling coach, Robert Morris university with the women's team. I want to thank you for being here on the uh, podcast and all the best of luck with the team. And we will certainly be catching up with you guys down the road. Awesome. Thank you for having me. It was a great honor. And I, I'm looking forward to the next time we get to speak to you.